0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from hey, welcome Brookside back to Tax Road and Financial to Group.
1: My name is Chris Anselmo with Brookside Tax and Financial Group and my co-host, Tony Shore. How are you doing today, Tony?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Chris. I've had a crazy, busy week. You would not believe how busy I have been. Uh, it's just going nuts at my that, that,
1: house. That, that's good.
0: I guess. I guess. It keeps yeah. me out of trouble. All five of the Tax season's over. Yeah, that's true. You. In theory. You probably <laughs> you can probably take a breath, at least a little one, yeah, right?
1: I, I'm taking tomorrow off, so. That's good. One, at least one day off. Yeah, right? there you
0: go. Well, I know you've had a busy tax season, and I'm I'm busy just because of family stuff. My son moving home from college, he's graduated college, and he's going to live at home for the summer. So moving him in, he wanted to rearrange his room, so our house is a mess. So we've got all three kids home, my wife and I, five people in our house, and a dog, and three cats. Our house is too small, by the way, Chris, for all of
1: yeah. us. All right. Hey, tell Chuck you need a raise. <laughs> so, uh, do you hear that, Chuck? So, uh. Maybe Tammy, right? So. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll probably, see. We'll see how
1: probably that goes. Brian, right? Yeah. Brian and uh, yeah, Brian and Nate. Yeah, uh, Nate. yeah,
0: <clears throat> yeah. But they, they, they're good. I can't complain. But, uh, but you know, co- radio show co-host wages. Uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta watch my pen, count my pennies. But I'm saving for retirement. You've. <laughs> You've taught me well, Chris. You've taught yeah. me well. I mean,
1: they're they're still looking for Jeopardy guy, aren't they? No. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. I could host Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could do that. Um, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, maybe I'll take I mean, over. My son's
1: moving. My son's moving to uh, Denver. He took a job in Denver. He wanted really? to go out to Denver for a while. Yeah. so wow. yeah, God bless. him. <laughs> See, if you like, look. If, I'm like, look. If you don't like it, you always come home. So,
0: so. No, uh, oh, that's true. That's the beauty of being yeah. young, right? When you're starting off in your career, when you're young, uh, you can try things out. Hey, I lived in – when I – after I started my career, I grew up in Minnesota, moved to South Dakota, then back to Minnesota, and then out to California. I lived in L.A. and and did voiceover work and radio and radio promotions out there, and that was fun for about five and a half years. Then I moved to Nashville, got married, got married, and then uh, moved back here because my wife and I are both from Minnesota. But, you know, I got to – I think when you're young, you should do that. It's like why not why not live in Southern hey. Cal for a while or Nashville what? or?
1: I got to ask you, what's in South Dakota?
0: Oh well, I grew up in Minnesota, <laughs> right about fifty miles straight east of the South Dakota border. So my oh, okay. okay. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the biggest town in South uh-huh. Dakota, um, just a radio job. I moved there after I graduated high school. I worked at a radio station in Worthington minnesota and then moved it was only an hour away so just that was my short hop but then i got yeah. my big break at a big top 40 station in minneapolis minnesota so uh but the, while i was there i met a guy who ran a record company and said you should do radio promotions for labels i'll bring you out to southern cal so he he paid for me to put me up uh in burbank california and i did radio yeah. promotions got to go i got to why he put me up in a hotel that was like two blocks from the nbc studio so i'd I'd work in the morning. I, I in the morning I'd walk down to the studio stand in line get tickets for the tonight show. Then I'd go to work and then he'd let me off early to go see the tonight show. So I got to see jo- wow. Johnny and um and uh Jay Leno when Jay was uh, filling in for Johnny. I saw both of them and uh that was it was one of yeah,
1: one of good experience.
0: Oh, unbelievably fun. Yeah. yeah. You got to do those things <laughs> while you're young though, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause then you're gonna, you're gonna settle down and you know, you, you plant your roots and, and then you got too many roots in the ground. You can't go anywhere. So <laughs> exactly.
0: what are we talking about today? though?
1: Today we're talking about like substitute investing, how we use like indexed annuities as substitutes for other products that people would normally invest in, but because of interest rates are so low, they're not a good alternative. So, so for, for our listeners out there, um, you know, when we talk about, at least in our in our book and and on these shows, we talk about you know red money, yellow money, green money. And green money is that money where, look, it's just going to pay you interest. You're not in the stock market, and it, it's safe for money. So it's all that stuff at the banks, right? You got you got checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, money markets, things like that. But those aren't paying anything. And traditionally, a lot of our, uh, especially retirees, they've been Counting on just look, I'm just going to put money in a savings account sure. or buy a CD and get some interest. But you know, interest rates are literally under one percent.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, Talk, CDs. Are, I mean, CDs and yeah. even bonds right now terrible. I yeah. mean, you, you're making yeah. nothing.
1: Yeah, and and bonds have more risk because they're actually you know in the market, they're subject to interest rates going up and down and. You know, we'll go over a little example, but uh, sure. a lot of people just don't understand what bonds are. So bond is an IOU. So it's either going to come from a government institution or probably like a corporate, like let's say IBM was issuing a bond. So they're saying, look, Tony, you give us $100,000 for 10 years, we'll pay you 3%. So it's just, they owe you the $100,000 back at the end of the 10 years. But meanwhile, they're going to pay you 3% to use your money. Okay. So- so that's a bond, similar to a CD at a bank. Bank says, look, uh, XYZ Bank says, hey, Tony, give us your money for five years and we'll give you a 1%, mm. right? So it's similar concept. So sure. they're, they're borrowing money from you and just paying you interest. So, and with a the CD, there's really no risk other than, God forbid, the bank going under because you're, 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 you're not in the market. Whatever the bank does with the money, they pay employees, they buy buildings, they make mortgages. You, you don't really care. Just give me my 1%. Right. right? So- So, so that's been traditional, a way that people add safety to their portfolio. They would go to a bank and buy some CDs or they would go into the bond market and and buy some bonds because bonds usually don't fluctuate as much as stocks. So that was always, you know, when you heard portfolios that were like 60, 40, that meant you had 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds.
0: But, But yet it's still all at risk.
1: Yeah, it's it's at risk, and, and let me. Hopefully, we can do this example on bonds, and people can follow it it's better visually. But right. So let's say, Tony, that that bond you bought a a ten year bond from IBM, put a hundred thousand dollars in, and they said, look, Tony, you give us your money for ten years, we'll pay you three percent. So you're gonna get three thousand dollars every year from that bond, right? Right. Hundred thousand dollars times three is three thousand dollars. Yep. So if interest rates go down from three, let's say they went down to one, that would, believe it or not, be a good thing for you, right? Because for someone to get a bond that paid three thousand dollars, they would have to pony up three hundred thousand dollars at one percent. They get three thousand dollars. So hopefully people can follow that. So, yep. so if your if your bond is paying three percent and, and new bonds are only paying one, your bond is more valuable because you your bond is actually now worth 300000 because that's what somebody would have to put up to get $3,000 annually. Right. So conversely, though, if bond rates go up, let's say that you're, they went up to 6%, well, somebody would could buy a new bond for $50,000 and get at 6% and get $3,000. So if bond rates go up, your $100,000 bond just went down in value. And people are like, well, I don't understand that, but... The issue is if you want to cash out the bond. So if you hold the bond for 10 years, IBM's going to give you your money back. Right. But if you, like I just did, had a little midlife crisis and, um,
0: <laughs> wait, um, you had a midlife crisis.
1: Yeah. I bought a little convertible. Oh, so, that's awesome. So, which my daughter's been driving of every course. day. Yeah. I've, dri- I've driven it. I, th- I think, I-, I think since I got the car a couple months ago, we, there's like 2,000 more miles on it, and I maybe have a 100 of it. So anyhow, um, so let's say you want to take some money out of this bond. IBM says, whoa, whoa, Tony, we got we got a 10-year deal. Don't come to us if you want money. Yeah. If you want money, go go sell your bond. So right. your bond is going to be worth whatever the interest rates are. So in our example, if bond, if bond rates went up to 6%, your bond's only worth 50 grand. Right. And if, the, but if they went down, it's worth more. So the, the issue right now with bonds, even though historically they're pretty safe, right? IBM's a good company. Um, with
0: interest rates, historically, interest
1: rates are less than one.
0: Yeah. So I mean, so bonds are worthless when the interest rates are at zero. So, so right. Yeah. Because
1: it, as bonds go up, as the interest rates go up, bond values go down. Right. So, and at such low interest rates, let's say they're at 1% why would you take that risk at one per, getting one yeah, percent it doesn't I mean I could go buy something else we'll talk about and get maybe three to four percent without any risk. so so we've been you know that's been a struggle in the last half a dozen years or so how do we what do we do about bonds? Um, so for the, for your listeners we we probably mentioned this in other shows there, there's a there's a product from insurance companies called indexed annuities. These are similar. you're not invested in the market. You give the money to XYZ insurance company. They do what they want with it. They pay you interest. Now, your interest rate, you got you two flavors. You can get a flat rate of interest, kind of like a CD. Just give me my 3% and I'll, I'll be happy. Or you can get an interest rate that's indexed, So which means your interest rate will be dependent on some index in the market. So most of them use like the S&P
0: 500. So you're talking about... So, uh, Fixed indexed annuities, which are a really popular retirement vehicle right now, with all the baby boomers who have been retiring, is correct. Right?
1: So, the indexed annuities are—I don't want to say they're not an investment, but technically, they're a loan to the insurance company, and they're just paying you interest. Right. You can get a flat rate of interest, or you could get an indexed rate of interest. So that's why you have the safety, because you're you're not directly in the stock market. Or bond market. So what happens is, is as the interest rate goes up in a year, and the interest rate as the index does well, then you can get up. Yeah, the the right. market
0: index. Yep. Like the S and P five
1: hundred goes up, you're going to participate then in that up. So let's say uh, it was at a hundred points when you started, and next year it's at one hundred and ten points. So went up ten percent. So you're going to get some of that ten percent. So you might get all of it, you might not get all of it, but at the end of the day, if the index ever goes down, you're not in. So you just get a zero. So so when we looking at using these to replace that bond risk, so these have averaged pretty much three to six percent over the last fifteen years or so. If the market goes down, the insurance company takes the risk because Again, conceptually, you're just loaning money to the insurance company, and they're paying you interest. So whatever they do with it, whether they buy buildings, pay salaries, whatever, that's that's on their sides. So they're gonna basically just again, you're just borrowing. They're borrowing money from you, and they're gonna pay you interest. You can get a flat rate of interest, or you can get an index rate of interest. So clients have liked these as substitutes for CDs. Right? The banks are paying nothing. Right. Why, why don't I try and use one of these? And if you want just a fixed one, you could get a fixed one. I think right now you could probably get a fixed annuity, just a flat fixed annuity, probably five or six year one, somewhere in around 3%, right? Sure. Well, that's that's better than a 1% one at a bank. So we've been using these really as substitute, a couple of things, substitutes for traditionally putting money in the banks or putting money in bonds, Right. Right. And we've been using it really just to add some safety to your portfolio. So, you know, when we're going to be in the stock market, we're going to manage the money. We like buying individual stocks versus mutual funds. And we could talk a little bit about that. But um, right. because what, for listeners out there, a mutual fund is basically a cup full of stocks, maybe two to 300 different stocks in it. And the whole concept there was, look, you can buy one thing and be well diversified. The downside of the mutual fund is you can't pick and choose which stocks you want in there. So if, if there's a bad stock in there you want to get rid of either, it doesn't even have to be bad. Maybe you just, you're sensitive to that company. You don't like that company for whatever reason. You can't pull that one stock out of the mutual fund. So Let's say, for lack of a better, word, you don't want to be invested in Facebook, right? But Facebook is in your mutual fund. Well, if you want to get rid of Facebook, you have to sell the whole mutual fund. But the mutual fund had IBM, Google, Amazon, Walmart, Apple, all, all those other, Apple, all those other companies that you're going to have to sell off just to get rid of your your one stock you didn't want. Sure. So, so. And we're just using those for hypotheticals. We're not giving any stock advice, that's for sure. Right. I don't want (laughs) to. So, you know, the good part is you are diversified, but you don't have, it's not as nimble, right? And usually mutual funds are real. We use them when we have smaller accounts that we're trying to diversify. Sure. But once you have, uh, you know. I don't want to say a number, but it, you know, once you have a little bit more money, then you could build your, uh, your own basic mutual fund. You could, you could buy 50 to hundred stocks and sure. you, in your account. You'll actually just see Google, right? You'll see Amazon, you'll see Walmart, you'll see Coca-Cola. You'll actually see the stocks. And then if there's one stock in there that we don't think is going to perform next quarter, or we can just take that one stock out and, Substitute another stock. I don't have to sell them all to get rid of the the one you want to get rid of. So, on on the stock side, that's kind of how we manage manage funds. But you know, that traditionally, you would have X amount of dollars in stocks based on your risk. So if you came in and you did our risk questionnaire, if you if you want to take it, it's on top of our website, BrooksideTax.com. There's a little uh, link up there called Get Your Risk Score. So that'll give you a score between zero and hundred. It's tells you how risky or not risky you want to be. So generally, let's say you were a 50, and that would mean, you know, rule of thumb wise, 50% in stocks, 50% in bonds. Sure. But the bond market, if we talked about, is really suspect, right? Because of interest rates are being so low. So we've been using indexed annuities as a substitute investment for bonds until bonds start paying more. Right. So when we look at index annuities, we look at it for safety, like pick a good company, pick an A-rated company. Um, we use it for substitute for bank products because banks are are paying nothing. But at the flip side, banks are loaning out mortgages at 3%. So the banks can't pay you five or 6% when they're mo- loaning money out at three, right? It's right. just a, <laughs> that math doesn't work. No. So it really is, um, so, we, we use them as a substitute. We, we're trying to make the portfolio safer and not subject to that interest rate risk of the bonds and get better rates in the banks. Sure. Now, the downside that the media wants to compare index annuities to the stock market, and they're like, well, you know, they, look, the market went up 30% last year and you only got seven in your, or six in your index annuity. Well, you didn't want to be in the market. Right. We're reducing it for safety. Right. Or let's say you're in
0: retirement and you don't want the ups and downs of the market. You don't have the time horizon to ride out, you know, 20 years to make your money in the market. You have to, at some point, start reducing risk as you get older. Right. I mean, isn't that the. Correct. uh, If you start pulling money out, if you keep everything in the market and you're pulling money out to live on in retirement, like if every month or every year I'm pulling out X amount of dollars out of my stock market fund, it's the sequence of returns. You know, if I pull it out when the market Correct. is down, I'm losing exponentially more, more money. Right. Uh, and so I want a portion. You should always keep some in growth, but you want a portion in money where your principal and your gains get locked in and protected. And that's why Correct. that's why so many people, I think, are excited about fixed index annuities. Hey. Um
1: I call it sleep insurance. Yeah, there you go. If the the market does well, like I could put money in here and I could sleep easy that. Sure. Like if the market does well, I'm going to participate. Like last year, you know, besides just, you know, we usually talk about a a yearly, what's called point to point. You look at a day one, day 365, and you get a percentage of that. So, but there's other options inside those where you can put some of your money. For instance, there's some that are participation rates. So, which means, let's say the participation rate's 50 so, Tony, that means whatever the index does next year, you get 50% of it. Okay. But if it goes down, you just get a zero, right? right. Because you're not in, right? So, last year, we've had people that made 15, 16, 17% because the market did 30 something right. and they got 50% of it. So, th- there is an upside um, to those products yeah. that CDs aren't going to give you. And bonds aren't going to give you because the bond again. You're when you buy the bond, you bought the bond, right? So yeah. you bought that ten-year bond from IBM for three percent. You're getting three percent. If the market goes wild, you're only getting three percent. So, so we we really been using those to, for safety and substitutes for traditional bond and CD portfolios sure. because it just they're just those aren't performing. But another so,
0: reason people use there's another reason that people might use a fixed index annuity, and a lot of people are using them as uh, in retirement income uh, to get a guaranteed retirement income. Now, that guarantee is based on the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. But you work with A-rated companies uh, that, uh, you know, and that so that money is protected. But uh, I think, uh, you know, people, a lot of people don't have pensions. They just have Social Security and maybe a lump sum with 401ks or an IRA, right. well, S- managing that right. lump sum and trying to draw income from it in retirement to, you know, once that paycheck stops coming, you need regular income. And Social Security isn't enough. And if you don't have a pension, uh, you especially yeah. need some, you know, something right. you know will be there every month to pay the bills, right?
1: You know, you know for the listeners, most pensions are annuities. So what happens, right. exactly. like insurance companies are the only one they are allowed to guarantee income. So a bank can't do it, stock company can't do it, so the insurance companies, by law, are allowed to do it. So when you went to work for your employer, and then when you're 62 or 65, they say you're gonna have a pension of a thousand bucks a month, or whatever it is. What happens is the employer has been putting money away, and then eventually is gonna give a chunk of money to an insurance company and say, hey, pay Tony a thousand bucks a month for the rest of his life, how much money do you need? So they have to, Give the insurance company a boatload of money to make sure that they, the insurance company can fund that pension of $1,000 a month. So it, most people don't have pensions anymore, but if you want to, you could create your own pension by using some of your money and buying an annuity and what's called annuitizing it. Normally today with interest rates- get being get so an income low, we, rider. Right. Yeah, so normally with interest rates so low, we don't annuitize right now because it's really you're just getting your own money back sure. over the course of yeah. time. But you can put on these riders, income riders, or you can take out a certain percentage every year. You know, say I want to take out 4% a year. You can just take out 4% a year and you and you don't have to turn over the money to the insurance company. So what happens, I mean, they have your money, but when you annuitize something, uh, Tony – you let's say you have a hundred thousand dollars. When you annuitize it, you literally give the hundred thousand dollars to the insurance company and it's good for all intents and purposes, it's gone from your life. You're just getting a monthly check. So if you live long enough, you win. You die early, they win. Right. Okay. So most of the products that we do now, we don't do that. We don't annuitize because the internal interest rates are too you know, low. so low. They yeah. yeah, they might be a quarter of a percent. Right. It's as if you're getting your own money. So we'll either use an income rider or maybe we'll just take out systematic withdrawals where we'll say, look, I just need to supplement I, I need another five hundred bucks a month to make my bills. So I'm just gonna take out five hundred bucks a month and and let, let the thing do what it's due. It's gonna grow, it's gonna gain some interest. But I think we're you know, we're blinded by the fact that the market's been very good for the last decade or so and people are are don't remember that it could go down, right? So I mean we had a couple down here, I think 2015 was down a little bit, but the beauty of those is not necessarily that you're participating in the market. The beauty is, is if you do, if it does go, the market does go down, you don't lose any money, right? The worst you're going to do in any one year is a zero. So when the market drops 20%, so if you had a hundred thousand dollars in it and the market dropped 20%, you would have 80 Right, you'd lose twenty thousand dollars, but in this type of product, you're not in. That risk is laid off on the insurance company. So if the market goes down, you still have your hundred. Now you might have not made anything that year, but zero is better than negative twenty. And you don't even have to be a math. You don't even have to be a math person (laughs) to figure that out, right? Yeah, even (laughs) a radio guy can figure that out. So, so we were. So again, the you know the point of this this dialogue today was really using these as substitutes for bonds, using them substitute for bank accounts. Uh, and you can buy them in different lengths of time. You, you know, they have as short as three years, but they're like, again, like CDs, if you buy a, a short one, your interest rates can be lower. So traditionally the better ones are probably five, six, seven, 10 years long. And the nice part about that is that you can take out 10% a year normally for most Where in a CD, you have to wait for the CDs over. Right, so if you bought a five-year CD, you don't get your money out of it until the CD's over. This way, at least you can get some money out of these annuities. The other thing is we normally do is, at least I do, is don't put so much in this annuity that you're going to need to tap it. If you're really just using it for savings, So don't leave enough in the bank that you don't have to tap this annuity. Sure. So, now the price for liquidity, unfortunately, is low interest rates. So if you have money in the bank, the reason they're not paying you interest because they know you could come tomorrow and take it out. You know, so they can't th- invest it. Like right. if you told me, you're going to give the money for five years. They can invest it differently than if you have it in a checking account and you need it tomorrow. So, you know, it's not really the bank's fault, right? So it's just it's just the the, the times we live in right now. So, yeah, it's just the fact again. that
0: you have to trade one thing for the other. Uh, you know, right. with all of your assets, you have the same factors. You have a growth potential, you have liquidity, you have risk. And so uh, you can trade, you can have, usually you can get rid of one of those things, but you have to have the other two, you know? So right. So if you want to get rid of risk, you might not have the growth potential. And if right. you want to have so- liquidity, you might not have the growth potential. So-
1: So these, we have some growth potential because like I said, last year, if you were in the participation rates, they did phenomenally well. I mean, I looked at one yesterday, did 17%. I mean, 17% with no risk is pretty damn good. I'm not sure allowed to say damn on there, but I did. So, um, compared to the CD that was paying you a half a percent, right? Now next year, if the market goes down, you might get a zero, but you got 17 last year. So, you know, that, over the course of time look the, the insurance companies are borrowing money from you they're not gonna they're not gonna pay you 10 12 fifteen percent interest because they're not going to borrow at those rates so I think over the course of times these generally and this is generalization at least the last 15 years I they they probably average somewhere between three and six percent in any given year and that's you know much better than what the banks are doing
0: sure so. yeah For sure. Well, I think this has been a great show, a good episode, Chris. I'm glad we talked about this. There are so many misconceptions and misunderstandings about what annuities are, why you would use them, what role they can play. And I think you've done a great job of defining at least uh, how you have utilized them to help your clients. And everybody's just just
1: remember, they're just just a loan to the insurance company, and you're just getting interest. Right. So. I think we're out of time.
0: Yeah, we are out of time. Yeah, it's been yeah. a great show, Chris. Uh, really quick, before we go, let our listeners know how they can set up that no-cost consultation with you.
1: Sure. You can uh, call our office at 440-886-3550. You can go to our website, brooksidetax.com. We have uh, uh, some online, I don't even know how to do it anymore, but it's Calendly or something like that. So you can you can just Click on and schedule an appointment and uh, come in and talk about it. And again, there's no cost. If look, we don't we don't charge people to come in because we don't even know if we can help them. If we can help them, we'll help them. If we can't, you know, we shake hands and we'll go our separate ways. So uh, there, there's no there's no um, pressure to come in.
0: All right, thanks, Chris, and listeners. That does it for today's episode of Road to Retirement with our host, Chris Enzo.